So you could be in the right position right now and not understand that, hey, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be because now you're desiring yourself. And either way, dude, you're running from yourself. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. And today, my guest has worked with hundreds of leaders and entrepreneurs to uncover their purpose, use it, and expand their influence so they can reach more people. Here's the thing. Have you ever felt stuck? You're about to get unstuck today. So turn up that volume, listen up, because my guest, Brandon Eastman, is here. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, I'm excited to talk to you today because I have felt like this myself and many, many times to where it's just like, hey, I can see this wall in front of me in business and I don't feel like I can get beyond it. And the crazy thing is, is I think I put that wall there myself. Yes. Dude, Absolutely. did I just like mic drop and like cover like your whole thing in one sentence there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, cool. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, we tend to put ourselves in those situations, but sometimes we don't even consciously realize that that's what we're doing. We're not even aware of it. Why is that? I mean, is it, is it self-sabotage? Maybe some of that, or what's the reason why we put this own wall up in front of our own success? Yeah, it, it could. It absolutely is self-sabotage. And it, I've read books like The Upper Limit and stuff like that, which talks about you accumulate a certain level of success. And then a subconscious part of you is like, oh, my God, do, do we deserve this? Do we deserve all this success and this happiness and this fulfillment that we're experiencing? And it causes us to bring these barriers and challenges into our lives. But I mean, it makes me think of like, when did I first realize that I was encountering these challenges? And it was because for me, I didn't really have any role models in my life. I didn't really have people who taught me how to like set a direction, who taught me how to operate a business, who taught me how to sell, who taught me any of those things. So sometimes it is that self-sabotage, but other times it's just the lack of education. Dude, what kind of education are you talking about? Because you're talking about role models, right? And yeah. I felt the same way because, I mean, the only role model that I had up until I was 16, I feel, was my dad. And then he died when I was 16. And then after that, man, I'm with you. You know, until I hired my first coach, <laughs> I didn't have a real role model that jumped into my life. Yeah, no, the same for me. And my dad was a great role model for me too. And he's always been a hardworking guy. He does construction, he builds houses. I'm like the exact opposite of my dad in the sense that I'm not the guy out there building houses, framing and, and all that stuff. But he was definitely a role model in the sense of he taught me the value of hard work and he, he taught me the value of getting out there and going after it. And I started doing that. And the thing about that was my definition of hard work was just making a lot of money. And I did that. I was 18, 19 years old, making upper five figures. After my third year in sales, I was up to six figures. And it was just that for me, though. It was just I was making a lot of money or at least a lot of money for my reality at the time. And I was unfulfilled in all the other areas of my life. You know, I was overweight. I was just negative. I wasn't the guy that you'd want to have a podcast conversation with. That's for sure. Dude, when did you realize that you needed to shift your lifestyle? I realized it when I was my third year into sales. I wanted to continue making money, but I didn't have any goals for myself, man. I, I knew I wanted to be a leader. And this is the funny thing. 
I had a conversation with my boss at the time. His name was Keith. He's in great shape. He's an energetic guy. And I said, Keith, I want to move up into leadership here. And just for context, this is a wireless cell phone sales company, which you can actually do really you well. You can make at. a lot of money there. Dude, I was 18 and a half. I had a $30,000 commission check from selling wireless in one month. Really? Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, no, it's a great industry to be in. I think sales in general is a great industry to be in. Obviously, it matters what company you join and all that stuff. But I told him I wanted to become a leader. And he's like, there's no way you're going to be a leader. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you want me to, do, want me to be frank with you? And I said, well, yeah, I'd rather like, I'd, I'd prefer the honesty. And he says, well, dude, you're overweight. He's like, you're negative. He said, you're doing very well, but no one really wants to spend the time with you. So it's very unlikely that you're going to be a leader anytime soon. And let me tell you, man, when he told me that, like, I felt crushed, like ego, like I, I'm a, I definitely back then I was a high ego individual. My ego was brought down to here. I felt small. I felt little to the point where my decision at the time, I was 20 to 21 years old at this point. I was like, I'm going to leave this company and I'm going to go to a different company who will treat me better. A company that will appreciate me, a company where I'll have the opportunity to move up into leadership. And I'm, as you can probably tell, it was the complete opposite mindset of what I should have had. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> Dude, I feel you. And there's been moments in my life too, and I had kind of the same thing that I share with you to where when I was overweight, it took somebody else actually telling me because there were so many that didn't tell me. So his name was Keith, right? Yeah. So dude, thank God for the Keiths in your life. For me, I could say, thank God for the drunk guy walking down the hall of the movie theater. <laughs> that told me, hey, Chubby. But for, for real, everybody listening needs to understand that pr pray for a Keith in your life, hope to God that Keith just drops into your life or your version of a Keith to say, because in that statement, dude, he was supporting you. It was totally. just straight up honesty, not from a position of condemna condemnation whatsoever, but from support saying, hey, dude, you need to have a starting line. And I'm calling you out and saying, this is your starting line right now. Now, will you start the race or are you going to walk, like you said, away to another company and not even jump in the race? Exactly. Exactly. And he stuck by me, man. You know, I was about to leave the company and I actually, they sat down with me, him and the couple leaders who were my above him even. And they said, Brandon, you're making a mistake, man. You're making 80 to a hundred thousand dollars here. You're about to go to a different company where you're going to make half the amount of money. The commission structure is different. And I was like, well, I don't care. I want the opportunity. And they said, if you are willing to work on yourself and if you're willing to repair these, these, the, the rifts that you've created for yourself here, you can make something for yourself here. And I was like, okay. So I left, I'm driving home. Keith calls me again and he's like, dude, I'm not just saying this because you're on my team. I'm saying this because you're a friend of mine and I care about you. He's like, I want you to give it one more shot. And I said, well, what do I need to do? And he's like, as cheesy as this sounds, he's like, well, I read this book several years ago in my life. It helped me to get out of bed like this. Keith was bedridden at one point. And he's probably someone that you'd actually really enjoy talking with in the future here. But he was bedridden and he read this book, which I've heard you talk about in your show before your guest talked about it, The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Yeah, and he yeah. read The Secret. For those who might not have read it, it's all about thoughts become things. It's about the law of attraction. What you put out there, you get back in, in waves. And I was like, how is a book going to help me? And he's like, dude, just try it. Read the book and, and just practice what it says. So he actually gave me a copy. And I started to follow the principles in the book. And at first I was like, this is really cheesy stuff. It's like, well, if you want more money, think of checks arriving to you in the mail. Think of just an abundance of money. If you want great relationships, just imagine that you, that you have great relationships in your life and what you think about, you will get more of. So yeah. 
I mean, really, man, I had no choice. I had to change something. And that's what I did. I went all in on the principles that the book talked about. And that was a major turning point for me. I love it, man. I love it. You know, when you started this path now, I'm sure it took several tries to get on the right track, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. How many times did you fall off that boat? You know, did you want, did you jump overboard? There was a lot of challenges, man. And it's funny, the first challenge isn't even one that you'd expect. The first challenge was, the first thing that I had to work on was my own emotions. I had to work on actually being conscious of the thoughts that I was putting out there. I was the guy where if someone made a giant sale around me or if someone else was enjoying success, I would be like, oh, they must be lucky. Oh, what, what, they're only getting that because that's just who they are. It, it, I didn't have the, the wherewithal to be like, oh, maybe they're just a more skilled individual. Yeah, maybe yeah. That they're just attracting that to them. And the first thing that I had to get over was I did a complete 180. Like I was this negative dude, but I started reading the book and I started to become very conscious of my thoughts and what I was thinking and how I was feeling more. So I think emotion is like the number one thing, the way that you feel brings more of those feelings to you. And I became very conscious of that. And within a week, I was a pretty different individual and I just, was wait, more, just one week. <laughs> Just a week. I, I was different because it wasn't completely authentic at the point at that time, though. It was me saying to myself, OK, I'm not feeling great. What can I do to feel good? And I would start thinking about things that made me feel good. And the people around me were like, this isn't Brandon. Like, yeah, they they yeah. called me like uh, they called me fake. They said, this isn't who you are. And it was really hard to hear that because they didn't like me then. And now they don't like me now when I was making these changes. So I actually went around and I asked people like, what is it that I need to do in order for me to mend this relationship of ours? And I literally asked the seven to 10 people I worked with at the time that exact question. And they said, well, we just want you to be like, we just want you to be there for us. We want you to help us. We want you to, to, to be a friend and not just be this cocky 19, 20 year old kid. And I said, okay. And after I had that conversation, I kept doing, I kept being conscious of my thoughts and my emotions. And within six months, man, like my whole life did a 180 and that was an authentic change. A weekend it wasn't, but six months to eight months in, like I lost 60 pounds at that time. Nice. Literally, I went, started going to the gym with Keith, who's now he's, he actually, he benched over 900 pounds recently. He's like <laughs> one of the top in the world. He's 220 pound weight wow. class unbelievable. But he wasn't back then, but he started bringing me to the gym with him. And I started working out. I started getting my body into shape. I was 260 pounds. Like I was a pretty chubby dude. I was very I was obese. I felt gross. I didn't feel confident. I wasn't showing up. And I mean, you, you probably, and I don't know your fitness story, but you're, it's very difficult to go all in when you look yeah. in the mirror and you're not happy with what right you on. see. So that was one of the first things I changed. And after I got my fitness in check, after I started, even it didn't take six months for it. Once I started going to the gym for three weeks to a month, really my mind started to shift. My finances started yeah. to get themselves in order. It just, everything changed for me, man. It's so key, man, to make that first change, something that you can see, you know, you chose weight, I chose weight, but it doesn't have to be necessarily weight. It could even be something as small as like at your desk, you know, the arrangement of your desk to say, hey, there's a shift in my life now. So I'm going to put something on my desk that's an anchor point for me from here going forward. I don't know what that is. But for me, the shift for anybody to make that lifelong change has to be something that's visible. And it is yeah. your environment. Your environment can be that mirror that you're seeing in yourself in every single day. Or like I said, it could be something simple that's on your desk or change the paint on your walls. You know, <laughs> just, yeah. just something that's visible to mark that from today forward, things are different. Yes. 
I heard you talk about that with you. You mentioned your watch and you mentioned how you, when you wear your watch, it allow it kind of gets you into a, a specific state, a state of mind. Yeah, man. And that watch for you is that one thing that's like, okay, well I, I went all in my level of success got me to this point. And for me, really, it sounds crazy, but for me, I was 19 and I was balding, like it was losing my hair, all yeah. that stuff. And, and I was in like complete denial of it. And I was like, no, I'm not. And people would literally point it out and they would touch the back of my head and they'd be like, no, man, you're balding. It's right here. And I was like, oh, and it was just the worst feeling ever. And I always tell people my identity shifted once I started going to the gym and I actually grew a beard and shaved my head. And it sounds really weird. Man. If anyone in your audience is going through that, it's a game changer. Dude, it's something you can see. That's what I'm saying. It can be yeah. anything because there's no way. I mean, you did, you made a huge shift in the first week. You know, and you said over six months, you'd lost 60 to 80 pounds. But yeah. you don't lose 60 to 80 pounds in a week. You know, yeah. But you can shave your head. You can grow a beard for a dude. You can change the paint on your walls. It's still something visible to mark that shift. I love it. Yes. And, and you know, you're, you're absolutely right where you say you can't lose it in a week. But I think in that first week, the biggest thing for me was I decided what I was going to do. Yeah, yeah, man. And up until that point, my only decision was I want to make more money, make more money, make more money. I bought the brand new BMW. I bought the nice suits. I bought the nice watches, Movados, all those things. Not, not a $30,000 watch, but nice watches. And I felt empty still. Like I had all these things, but I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do with my actual life. And I think once I started going to the gym and being conscious of how I thought and building great new relationships and earning more money as a result, that's when my life really started to change. And that's when I actually started to move up into leadership with the company I was in. I think really in that first week, that's when I decided to go all in. I said, I'm not just going to lily gag around. I'm actually going to do something. I'm actually going to make something of my life and make something of my career here. And that's, that's what cool, I, man. That's awesome. So how did that transition take place for you? You know, what happened when you made that shift in your job where you were working? What'd you see it transpire? Once I made those changes, it was about five months in. And I wasn't even pursuing leadership at the moment. I was just doing my thing. I was selling phones. I was working with the people around me. And I was approached by leadership. And they said, Brandon, it's been five months. You've made big changes in your life. What are you looking to do? And I said, well, that's a great question. I knew I was great at sales. I knew I loved training people. So I said, well, I want to train salespeople. And they said, great. Well, your trainee will come on next week. We have someone that's literally being onboarded right now. So I started training people. And it led for me training one person to then training a team of salespeople in the Albany, New York market. It was about 17 to 20 salespeople. And I did that for six months. And then that's when the dream job opened up for me. Like my ultimate goal at the time was to be the new hire trainer, which all the new salespeople that came into that company, I would be the face of the company, the guy that they saw, the guy who taught them how to sell, the guy who taught them how to show up, how to be presentable, how to feel confident, set goals, all these things. And that's really what started that. That was like the seed being planted for what I would do with my business now and for who I would become now and for what I'm doing now was I realized that I don't just love training people in sales. I love to train people and the things that I did in my own life 
through the guidance that I received to be conscious of my thoughts, to attract what I wanted. Like these things just aren't taught. And like you said, I'm grateful that I had a Keith come into my life to show me these things because I meet so many people in their late twenties and their early thirties, even some people in their forties who they have no idea what they want, Rick. Like they, they just go through the motions of everyday life, not because they don't want more, but because they've never had that person or that resource or whatever it might be come into their life to help them make that transition. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, I've come to realize recently too, that even when you have that person in your life, it could be the fact that what you've found already and what you're doing could even be your purpose already, but you don't even realize that you're in it yet because somehow yeah. things have worked out to your benefit over the course of the years and you've just been guided down this path that really is your path. So you could feel unfulfilled for one, because like you said, you can't, you haven't found your purpose yet, like a lot of people out there. But two, you may have found it and you're in it, but you don't even realize it because you've put that wall up and you still yes. need a Keith either way. So you could be in the right position right now and not understand that, hey, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be because now you're desiring yourself. And either way, dude, you're running from yourself. Absolutely. And I had to try a lot of different things to really to, to figure out that that is what I wanted to do. And I had to have a lot of those life experiences in order for me to really figure that out. And it was really once I like it's, it sounds cliche, but I found these people in the space that I really started to admire and really started to follow people like I'm sure, you know, Jim Rohn, people mm-hmm. like. Tony Robbins, people like uh, Les Brown, all these gurus and all these people who just spoke insights and ideas that I've never heard of before. And really, at that point in my life, I, I was like, I, I don't care. I'm going to try anything that's different than what I'm doing right now, because I just want to get some kind of different result. And after listening to these individuals, this is while I was training all those new salespeople. I did this for four years. I wanted to do what they did. I wanted to be the person who hosted events where I had awesome guests come in and awesome speakers and awesome trainers come in to help thousands and thousands of people. And really, that's when I started to transition to what it is I do now, where I help people to achieve self-mastery. And really, it started because people were asking me, well, what did you do to lose the 60 pounds? What did you do to eliminate the $20,000 in credit card debt, which was a lot for me at the time? And I didn't get sick of telling people, but I was like, what if I could just put this into like a book or put this into some kind of resource that I could just give people to give them the strategies that I used. And and that was the turning point that led me to where I am now. That's awesome, man. So what you do now, you know, where do you start with people who come to you to where they say, dude, I don't know my purpose. You know, I don't know what to do. What's the starting point for everybody that you coach today? There's a few different things. The first thing that I would ask somebody who just felt like they were kind of floating through life right now is what is it that you want? And again, it sounds like a cliche question, but a lot of people don't really have the answer to that. You know, you ask a lot of people, what do you want? And they kind of look at you and a lot of people even say, well, what do you mean by that? And it's like, well, what do you want your life to look like five years from now? A lot can happen in between now. Like think of where you were five years ago, like huge leaps and bounds. I remember where I was five years ago and it was just me starting to build up to who I am now. But people, it gets them to think and it gets them to really visualize, like you were saying, what will your life look like in five years if you had the ultimate perfect lifestyle for you, a lifestyle where you would feel good, a lifestyle where you felt fulfilled, anything that you want. Imagine there's no limits, no financial barriers, anything like that. That's the first thing. And I would actually have someone take a pen and paper and literally write down exactly how they wanted their life to look. And then I asked them to help them determine what the vehicle might be to get there. Okay, well, what are you good at? 
What are your unique skills? What are you passionate about? And passionate, not just being like, I love to sing, but I'm not a great singer. Like, what are you passionate about? As in, what is the change that you want to see in the world? What do you want to see different? For me, that was the education system. And it's not that the education system, a bunch of evil people, not the case whatsoever. I just feel like we weren't necessarily taught what we could have been taught growing up. We were never taught about goals. We were never taught about how to get in shape. You went to gym class, you kicked a kickball, you had fun with your friends, but you square danced. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Square dance, got on those scooters you rolled around in, but we didn't learn the things that could help us to really shape our life into who we could be. We were told to go to school, go to college, get a degree, get out, find a career to pay off that debt. Hopefully you like the career that you choose. Hopefully you even find a job in a, in an industry that your degree is even in. Like there's just, so much uncertainty with the education system. And for me, it was, well, how can I help people who are in the same position as me? And, and I would ask them, what do you want? What are you good at? What are your unique talents? And how can you use those talents in order to help and serve other people who need them? That's what I'd recommend for someone. That's cool. And what about the individuals that start out with saying, well, I want, I want to make more money. I want to have financial freedom. I want to have a bigger house. You know, how how do you redirect them from those very inward focused questions to really what they're truly desiring? Because those are just service level desires, man. I know that. How do you redirect them and reframe them? Well, I think about me and I had a Kia Optima. I had a 2012 Kia Optima and I I loved the car. It was a great car. But my boss, Keith, had a BMW and it was a brand new BMW. It was silver. It was beautiful. And if someone had told me, Hey man, you know, that car is not going to make you happy. Like, don't go for the car. Don't go for the house. Don't go for any of that. It's it's not what you actually want. I would have probably looked at that person and been like, you have no idea. You want different things than me. It wasn't until I actually got the car. And and by the way, I still have a brand new BMW. Absolutely love it. Like it's, it's something that I wouldn't want to give away. It's that visual for me. I walk out, it's all blacked out. It's got the black rims, all that stuff. I just, I absolutely love it. But it wasn't until after I had it that I realized, oh, geez, this isn't going to make me happy. Like it, it took me having it to realize that it wasn't that. So if someone, I, I don't really know a great way to reframe that other than sure, go for it, make more money, do those things, get those things. And maybe once you have them, you'll determine whether that really is what's going to bring you that satisfaction. Oh, for sure. I mean, for something like that too, I think, you know, cause I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate with you, dude, because <laughs> you know, the, the cliche, since you're into cliches, you're, you know, money won't solve all your problems. Right. But I always like to say, but it sure helps. <laughs> you <know>? Yes. <laughs> you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with desiring to want to make more money. There's nothing wrong with desiring to want to have financial freedom or have a bigger house, but w- those should almost be like symptoms of you driving after your purpose. You know, the, they're like the side effects you know, because what, what do you really want? You want you want happiness, right? You, you want yeah. connection. You you want to be supported by people. You know, and because you you have all these things and you're throwing that into the world, man, I feel like that's what the world ends up giving back to you. Because in order to achieve greater plateaus, money now becomes a tool, right? To to where I've I've said this before on the show too, to where that helps you uh, get to those next levels. You know, because it does help. 
You know, and it's like, you know, I'd rather be rich than poor. I'm just going to straight up say that. I think that's the truth for anybody, right? I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't want more money. You know, I always think back to, what was it, uh, Billy Madison or something like that, too. He's like, money, I have some, I'd like some more, you know, and that's where you come in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when he's interviewing yeah, for mean, a job. <laughs> ex yeah, exactly. I, I think back to when, uh, when I was in debt, when I wasn't earning a lot of money, even when I was, but I had the debts and I had to throw all that money towards them, it was very difficult for me to think about what the next step was going to be for me because it's hard to future plan. It's hard to really go all in on anything. If you look at your bank account and every time you look at it, you get that sinking feeling in your body. Yeah, man, I feel you. It, it just puts you in a, it puts you in a bad state. Yeah. And really for someone who doesn't even have an idea of what direction they want to go, whether it's their career, personal life, their business, whatever it might be, I think the number one thing you can do is do whatever it takes to get yourself into a great state of mind as often as possible. Because when you're in that great state of mind, when you yeah. can determine yeah. what happiness really even means to you, because I feel like that's not a question we ask ourselves either. Like what makes me happy? When do I feel most successful in my life? When I'm doing these specific things. Like personally for me, I feel most successful when I'm creating content to post on YouTube. When, when I'm talking with you right now, because I know this might reach, which I know it will, one person who might hear something we say that says, oh my God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to completely just go all in on this concept and try it and see the result that I get. And if it does that for one person, man, that's the ultimate use of our time is making a tangible difference in somebody else's life. For sure, man. So being a risk taker is part of being an entrepreneur, right? So when you're guiding people along your coaching plan, you know, however you do it, and they get to the point to the word that they're just not ready to step over the edge. And you can see, because, dude, I know it, because as a coach, you know, and even when I see potential in people, I can see that the breakthrough is right there on the other side of taking that risk. Yeah. So how do you help people cross that threshold to be like, fine, I am going to go all in now. I'm taking this risk. Really, it's just... And it sounds like a really simple answer, but you just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's like when you go out to eat with somebody and they're like, well, I'm not going to try that sushi. And it's like, oh, why aren't you going to try it? And they're like, it just looks gross. It's like, yeah, yeah Dude, it does. That, that was me like 10 years ago. For real. <laughs> and, and do you like sushi now? I love sushi. You kidding yeah. me? But I started, dude, I went so all in, right? I mean, I went hardcore. I went straight to sashimi, you know, and that's uh, just the fish itself, the raw fish. I'm like, whatever. And then I take a bite, you know, dip it in the soy and there was something like, God, this is good. <laughs> this is so freaking wow. awesome. Yeah, you went zero to 100. Oh, that, yeah, it's a little bit like, my theme. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then they try it and it 50-50, they might like it, they might not. And it's the same thing for anyone trying to do what they want. Really, at that point, if they're still tentative about taking that step, it truly means that they haven't yet decided that that's what they really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, to give you an example, for me, that moment of taking that step to go all in was when there was a course that was released. It was called the knowledge business blueprint. And at this time I was the, I then became the training director for the entire state of New York for this sales company where I created all the trainings, all that stuff. Nice. I was doing well for myself, but I still knew I wanted more, but I didn't want to go to the next step in the company. And this course came out and the course was $3,000. And for me at the time, I was doing well, but that's still a pretty solid investment for somebody who's even making a hundred grand a year. And I knew I'd have to sell my wife on the idea. I knew I'd have to fully sell myself. And that was that moment for me where I said, I I'm just going to do it. I pulled my credit card out. I typed in the numbers and I bought it. 
And I got that sinking feeling at first of, oh my God, I just did this. I knew that after I did that, I would have to go all in. I knew that I would have to go through the entire course, do what it said. My wife was all in with me. She was like, hey, if it's if it's what you want to do, then do it. And I think a big part of your question is, you. I think it's a lot easier if you got the support system. It's a lot easier if you've got the coach, if you've got the mentor, if you've got the spouse, where I've been blessed to be with my wife since I was 17. And now we've been married for a little bit over three and a half years. And I've always had that support. So for me, it's always been quote unquote easy to go over that threshold. For others, the answer might be get around people who are doing that and find people who are also taking that step over the threshold because seeing them do it, it's going to be pretty inspiring and, and most likely motivate you to do the same thing yourself. For sure. Seeing people around you do what you, you know, take that position of strength and actually move into it. That helped me because I saw a lot of, when I drop weight, I saw a lot of people around me dropping weight, you know, and for me, it was even a documentary like fat, sick, and nearly dead. I've mentioned this before to where that's one thing. And then I started asking him, it's like, do you juice? Do you juice? And I thought like, well, yeah, I'm like, well, no wonder you're looking pretty good. <laughs> and that, that was a big reason because I started asking the questions and that's a huge part of this too, because if you don't understand where to begin, it's okay that you don't know where to start. As long as you can just ask the questions and there's people around you that will have the answers. You know, and if they don't have the answers, then that's okay, find different people. <laughs> that's yes. perfectly fine too. Awesome, my man. So what motivated you to focus on entrepreneurs specifically? Because you've come from a sales and corporate background, right? Yeah. How did you shift over to entrepreneurs and saying, this is who I wanna help? Yeah. And I, I love to help entrepreneurs. And I also do love to help leaders inside of companies too, because I feel that entrepreneurs today exist outside of companies. And I feel that entrepreneurs exist inside of companies. Intrapreneurs. Was, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I love helping those individuals because not everyone is really meant to go do their own thing and, and start their own business. And I, I do believe anyone could do it to a degree. I feel it's for the right people, though. I feel like for other people, they might be better off being inside of a company, continuing to grow with that company. And then I believe that there's some people who just want to sell and just make money yeah. and, and, and pursue their own personal goals. So what helped me to transition over to that was after being in this for a few years, I wanted to help the person who I was when I was trying to figure out this whole entrepreneurship thing at the very beginning, like starting my own personal brand, creating the website, creating the branding, creating that first piece of content, creating that first podcast episode and actually clicking upload. And I'm sure you remember the first time you put yourself out there and said, okay, now the world can see what it is I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And then you go back years later and say, God, I sucked. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yes. <laughs> and I did that. And I said, you know, I want to help people who, who are going through that same exact time that I went through. So I love helping people with that. But what I generally, what I do mostly in terms of right now is I work with companies and I, I help mostly intrapreneurs inside of businesses. I help sales teams to make more money, but I also help the leaders of those sales teams to do the same for them. And I help them to make the transitions that I made myself. That's awesome. I truly feel too, because there's a key phrase that you said in there, the transition, you help them make the transitions that you made yourself. Yes. It's very, very difficult to lead somebody someplace. I'm not saying it's impossible because some people are just intuitive like that and they can see strategies and pull knowledge from other areas. But it's difficult to guide people to a place that you haven't been on your own already. Yes. And that's for all the leaders that are out there. You know, it's almost like you can't skip the steps. 
in that area because unless you gain the experience on your own, you need a multitude of people around you to give you the guidance for that and then you can step into it, but then you can bring a multitude of people under you. That's awesome. You need a multitude of people around you before you need a multitude of people under you. Well said, well said. And I think it's important too to understand that no matter who you are, you have something about you right now that you can use to help other people who were even in the same situation as you a year ago. You don't have to be 500 steps ahead in order to help somebody. You don't have to be 500 steps ahead in order to be perceived as an expert. And I feel like this, this idea of this, the self-sabotage and this idea of imposter syndrome, it's a factor of thinking that you don't necessarily have what it takes right now to help people, but really ask yourself, how far ahead am I really? Even if it's one step ahead of somebody else, you can do a lot in order to serve somebody else with just that one small step. I love it, man. Well, dude, you've inspired me today. I appreciate the conversation and you've, you're going to help me level up and you've also inspired me to have sushi for lunch today. So thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Dude, where can everybody find you? They can find me at my YouTube channel. If they type in Brandon Eastman on YouTube, they'll find me right there. They'll see my face pop up. Or if they want to find me on my website, they can go to BeBetterIndustries.com. Just type in your name and email. I'll send you over a copy of my book, which talked about how I made those personal changes in my own life. Everybody, Brandon Eastman, thank him and find a Keith in your life. Boom. Thanks so much, Rick. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.